Good day, fellow investors. Welcome to the Modern Value Investing Podcast with Sven Karlin, where we compound investment returns as well as investment knowledge in order to help you achieve your financial goals. Good day, fellow investors. Can investors achieve returns of 10% or more for a sustained longer period of time, especially from the current market starting point? That's the key question. We're trying to find an answer in this video. So I've made these two videos recently discussing investing. And in this video, I said that you should make more money from investing than from working. And if you reach 10% per year, you should make that by investing 10% of your salary. Just to show you the context of that, let's say you start with zero, Let's say you have make 5,000 per year, 10% of your income, 416 per month. You do that for 40 years, you make 10%. And by the end of your life, you should have $2.2 million thanks to compound interest. 40 years at 50,000, you make 2 million, thus you make more from investing than from working. Also, we discussed here, uh, can 500,000 be turned into 2 million in 20 years? Somebody said just put into a total market index. And there were other disagreeing saying how 10% per year is actually not easy thing to do. Most people will probably just do 3 to 5%. And here a great comment how who can guarantee future returns? Who can guarantee that you can even get your money back? Of course, nobody can guarantee you anything, but there will always be problems. And the key for returns is valuation will be also the key topic of this video. So we'll start by discussing the market and what it has done over the last 100 years. International markets too, because that's very important. We'll look at the current situation. We'll discuss potential free strategies for the long term and then also share you my plan so that you see where this can benefit you for the long term. Let's immediately start with the market and what is the top line everywhere. The market did 10% since ever per year. And if we look at this, the S&P 500, 9.82% since 1928, uh, 1957 to 2022 is 10%. So very, very positive returns. But as the comment here was, Nobody talks about the returns of other countries. Italy, Japan, 2%, 1%. So destruction of value there. So it's always easy to look in hindsight and see the S&P 500 is great, but it's not that great and it might not be in the future. But let's look at historical returns. Let's look at the key drivers there. And that will give a great indication for later to apply to the strategies of how to achieve 10% or more per year. It's very ironic, but one of the best overviews from market returns is from professors Dimson, Marsh and Stoughton that do it for Credit Suisse. I hope they got their money for the 2023 yearbook. Here we have the returns year by year and uh, the long-term duration of markets. There are just 23 developed markets and even there there were long-term closures. So you have to live in a country that has a good legal system and where it's unlikely that the market will close. 
you never know that nobody can guarantee you that but that's life now and if we look at the relative sizes of world stock markets over the last 100 years when the us had great returns it went from 15 to 58 so just from size i'm sure that the us won't do the same it did even the last 100 years in the next 100 years so the size was very little, then it grew up bigger, then down. And even at some point in time, Japan was one the largest stock market in the world. Then the crash there happened. And now Japan is practically irrelevant. But this is the chart you all know. Stocks go only up and you make a lot of money and uh, equities return 9.5, 10% per year and everyone happy. However, if you adjust for inflation, then here you have 70,000 from $1. Here you have from the same start, just 2,000. This means something very important. 2,000 of 70,000 is 2.8%. So that's the return from investment. And 97% of your wealth over time will be generated from inflation. So it is inflation protection that's how it goes with money so you better be invested to get this benefit to protect yourself from inflation that's key there will always be inflation higher or lower now if we look at returns here we have the us this is adjusted for inflation and we have the big countries us new zealand australia south africa sweden denmark canada finland great britain developed markets on average, world, and then we have other countries. And you have seen here very low returns. So uh, if you are a country that uh, likes to invade other countries, if you're French, Spain, then your returns <clears throat> might not be as good as stable countries there. So depends on where you live. Let's hope that these invasions and everything are uh, done and that even Europe will in continue to enjoy its peace under the sun. Of course, it returns also depend on real interest rates. And when real interest rates are low, like we have had recently, then returns in the future will be low. When interest rates are high, returns are high. So that's just a note there. You can pause if you want to check also something for some people, returns will be great, like the baby boomers. For some people, Generation Z will not be that great. Depends on how much you are paying. Now we have seen, again, a new spike of inflation down somewhere a little bit, but these spikes are normal. Then we have come, but I think that we are now for this and then maybe we'll come again. So we have to invest to protect ourselves from inflation and then what to expect going forward depends also on the valuation we are paying. And to see the valuation, we have to check the current situation. If we look at GMOs, Jeremy Grantham's expected returns ahead, you can see that valuations are high and real returns from US is expected to be negative, international a little bit better, and emerging value have good returns however if you look at what is emerging value china construction bank this is a cyclical industrial commercial bank bank 
Fosco, okay, Kia, Tencent, Petrobras might analyze this. A lot of you require that. So not sexy Apple, Amazon, Googles, but just value that isn't as sexy as something else. So you have to be knowing that you are investing in Chinese financials, which is then again something. But that's why those are cheap. Then we discuss the top 10 of the S&P 500 and everything is nuts pricey there. So if you're investing in something that's not pricey, you cannot expect great returns. But what to do then, Sven? Well, you need to have the right strategy also. It's not just uh, here, there's my money and I want to be rich. It, it would be that easy that everyone would be driving Ferraris. And that's not the case, at least when I look around. Free strategies. You can dollar cost average index funds, which is the closest to set it and forget it. You can buy individual stocks or you can think with your head, discuss your debt, your return on house, and we'll discuss that in a second. Let me just explain dollar cost averaging and explaining on a market that goes nowhere for 12 years. Can that happen? Yes. If I look at the stock market from 2000 to 2012, it went nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. But let's say that I invested 1,500 per year into the market. First year I can buy one SAP, then 1.2. When there was a crash, I can buy two SAP 500s and so on and so on. In total, I have invested 19.5 thousand. I have bought 17.6 SAP 500s and the value of that is 26,000. Over 12 years, so the return on the invested money around 6% plus 1.5 dividends. So with this strategy, even if the market went nowhere, you get your 7% returns from dollar cost averaging. 7% returns are great, especially in bad markets. So you make 7% in bad markets, you're happy when your stocks go down, you buy more. But just having such a strategy gives you something, gives you an edge over everyone else, gives you an edge on the market because you start thinking with your own head. And that's the main message I have to share with this channel. Because you look at the S&P 500, you say, okay, the P ratio is 30, too expensive. You start comparing with other things and we'll talk about this a little bit later. Of course, the next strategy is individual stocks, but there you need to know what you're investing in. You need to know how much you are paying for what you are paying. Price is what you pay. Value is what you get. We discuss this, some pricey things, but then you research, research, research till you find something that fits you, especially if you're a value investor. Investing is a process of elimination. But then you have the third strategy that we will discuss. Let's say you have student debt with 8% interest. And then you have the option to invest in the S&P 500 that will likely give you five. You invest the guaranteed return of 8% if you close your student debt. You rent out half of your house or something like that. So you start comparing investment options. Oh, the S&P 500 is too expensive now. Let's buy this house. Oh, this, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's put the money. Let's pay this off. Let's travel the world because now we have the money and the investment opportunities are not good. When you start thinking like that, 
life gets financially very, very easy. Because this is the valuation of the S&P 500. 2000, it was high, flat for 12 years. 2021, high, it will likely be flat for the next 10 years. And then you compare with your other opportunities and see where it gets you. Of course, the higher the valuation, the lower the returns. The lower the valuation, of course, who bought in 2009 made a lot of money. So the strategy is to invest on a monthly basis, to find investments where you say, okay, I'm looking for investments with 10% or 8% and growing with some benefits, some margin of safety. And that's how I compound my wealth. I know I might not find anything for five years, but then if I wait, something will fall into my basket. The key of investing is something that people fail to understand, that it is not linear. It's not that you have every month an opportunity. It's not. It is just about realizing that that opportunity is hitting your face when it comes once every five years. And when that comes, taking advantage of it. That's great investing. Not finding a stock to invest in every month. That's good investing. But great investing is opportunistic, non-linear. And everyone wants linearity. That's how we are wired in schools. But it costs you so much money. Therefore, it's about focus, focusing on the risk and reward and understanding how that risk and reward fits your life at that moment. And then also to sum up, I agree fundamentally, but 10% compounding inflation adjusted without demographic tailwind, without constant lowering of interest rates, and high starting valuation, good luck, you're going to need it. As Charlie Munger said, why would getting rich be easy and accessible to everyone? You need to apply yourself. Now, on my plan, something very important here. If we look at returns before pandemic, 20-year returns, the S&P from 99 to 2019 did 6% per year. The average investor did 2.5% per year. How? because they buy at the wrong time and sell at the wrong time. So I think that you can easily do the opposite of the average investor if you buy at the right time and sell maybe at the right time when it's too risky. And if you do that over the next 20 years, I'm sure you can do 10% and above. I've done that for the last 20 years, so I'm just continuing to do that, analyzing businesses, some of that is shared here on YouTube. Some of that is on my research platform. And that's all I can do. At some point in time, the opportunity will come. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments, please let me know. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review as it means a lot to me. Thank you. And I'll be speaking to you in the next episode.